to Taproom's podcast, WTF Am I Drinking? We're so excited to join you again and talk about drinks, the ins, the outs, what they're all about, why we love them. I'm Courtney Eisman, and I'm your host. I work on Taproom's blog. I'm joined by Hannah Heath, creatively covering brand strategy, development, and awareness for Taproom. Each episode, we're turning to a brand we love to walk us all through a different fascinating aspect of beer and other beverages, from ingredients to process to pairings. Today, we're setting our sights on boozy tea. How does it get boozy? Why is tea such an incredible base for a cocktail, from flavors and aromas to creating a truly clean beverage? And what, for that matter, is a truly clean beverage? To find out, we caught up with the founders of Owl's Brew, Jenny Rips and Maria Littlefield. They answered those questions and more, taking us through their unique journey to creating Owl's Brew, along with the inspiring work they do to make space at the table for women in the beverage alcohol industry. This is WTF My Drinking, Boozy Tea Edition with Owl's Brew. All right, Maria and Jenny from Owl's Brew, thank you so much for joining Taproom today. We're so excited to talk about all things Owl's Brew. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Excited to be with you guys. Yay. Um, Okay, so we're going to jump in right from the beginning because between the brand story and all these amazing boozy teas, uh, there's obviously a a lot to get to here. Um, So kind of interested in the origin story a little bit. Um, do, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of your journeys or your careers or, or sort of, you know, life before starting Owl's Brew, maybe leading up to where you both met? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Jenny, you, you start and then I'll, I can talk about how we met. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll jump in. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... I mean, Maria and I, we kind of, you know, Owl's Brew is, um, you guys obviously carry it at Tap Room. We're so excited to be here today. And um, we make a clean, boozy beverage with tea and botanicals as a base. And um, it really all goes back to to tea for us or, or to this idea of using super, super clean ingredients. So way back long ago, like like more than a decade ago, Maria and I were working together and the way it all started was a family member of mine was was sick and I was literally just like working in a totally different industry and I was looking for ways like things that were immunity boosting and antioxidant rich and like for him. And of course I had had, I kept researching, kept hearing about tea, like white tea is so good for you. Like botanicals are so good for you. So I started gathering them and this like magical thing happened like again, well over a decade ago, which is I dropped tea and water for the first time with like intention. Like clearly I'd made tea in my life before, but like with, with intention and all of a sudden, like the color of the water changed, like the flavor changed. And I knew I was putting, you know, vitamin C, antioxidants, all this good stuff into it. And I was kind of like, holy shit, like this is something you can do so easily and do so many good things. And it literally just like changed my life. Um, I ended up 
becoming a tea sommelier. I like, like start, like I like literally built out Maria and I had this office. I like made it into like a tea room. Um, and our first business was selling tea pound by pound, um, to different restaurants in New York. So we really started out in tea and that, that was our beginning. Right, Maria? Yeah. Jenny actually, and she hired me as an intern. That's like literally how we met. Oh, wow. <laughs> you hired me as an intern. Um, and we started messing around with cocktails almost immediately. Yeah. So I was starting this tea company and you guys are in New York. So like at a certain time, like we could walk down the street in New York and I made all of the tea. I, I created all the blends for Sweet Green, Momofuku, the Edition Hotel. Um, wow, that's amazing. It was like so cool. Like we literally could like walk down the street and like every single place on the street we had we had made the tea for, but that wasn't really enough. Like that was, that was just kind of the beginning for us in terms of yeah. what we wanted to do. Then we started spiking it and realized that boozy teas were even better. <laughs> that we could, you know, drink, but still drink using like good, gr- delicious ingredients. And like tea was like this incredible base for cocktails and spiked drinks. And um, you had all these like amazing flavors, but we're actually using like whole real ingredients. And that's really where our whole platform around drink wise came from. And this idea of like, even if you're drinking, you can still put good stuff into your body. Yeah, we were messing around with cocktails and it was kind of like, and obviously we had, we knew tea and I was like, how do we like put every single good thing into it and then spike it? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I feel like that's the New York element is uh, taking some, some like new health craze and then making it boozy and yeah, that's really a- we we have a lot of funny stories about places we brewed. Um, tea cocktails in the early days oh my god a lot of, a lot of buckets involved a lot wow. of funny new york moments we did Brutus. so many because we had a tea company but we were doing tea cocktails in our early stage of r&d like over a decade ago any event that we were asked to make tea cocktails we would go so i remember we like did a partnership years ago with like bloomingdale's for events and maria was like it's taking me forever to brew the tea and i was like why and she's like well when i go into the bathroom i have to you know when you get a bathroom well, we always yeah. like ask they're waving always like, your hand. You, know, you have water, and they would. Everyone would always be like, "Yeah, no problem. We have water. It's all good." And, and then so we're like, "Where's the water?" They're like, going to the bathroom and like They're wave your hand for forty-five minutes." Oh, thank you. Only getting water in every you know, like five it seconds. Like, always work. I, are they right? They're like the it's worst. It's like hard to wash your hands with it. Imagine trying yeah. to like make buckets of tea for hundreds of people with that. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness, that is yeah, dedication. It's like a true entrepreneurial. <laughs> Entrepreneurial yeah. story. We tackled all, all over the <laughs> all country. Was real. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk to you um, about that exciting period a little bit because I feel like it, yeah. like that was like such a transition and growth stage, right? Where you were like putting the tea and the cocktails together and sort of, you know, you were test driving this at, like you're saying, these incredibly in demand, respected venues and and doing all these huge events. So. Sort of what was that brainstorming and growth phase like for both of you? And I'm also curious about the responses that you were starting to get and be able to see from people when you were doing these events. Yeah, that was a crazy time. Like, I, I mean, we say when people say what kind of, you know, that Malcolm Gladwell, like um, outliers thing about to become a professional or to be at, like, you need 10,000 hours. When people are like, how do you do r and I was like, I literally for free brew tea at a zillion events to see what people liked over, you know, cause we, we were building a different business. So we were monetized through our tea company brew lab, but any chance we got, like, 
do you want to come to Coachella and brew tea? We would, okay, we would pack like a hundred pounds of lemon verbena in our like luggage. We like literally were checked by the TSA. They, they thought we were like so sketchy. Every time they're like, oh, those like drug smugglers again. Oh no, it's just tea again. But like every time, like pink checks in our back. Cause we were like, we were fresh brewing tea. So we were always carrying hundreds of, like I once walked into a party in Washington DC. It was an after party for like an event. And I had like armfuls of like green tea. And they were like, what the F are you doing? And I was like, oh, the party, they're like, maybe, but people don't usually bring it in this way. And I was like, no, it's tea. It's for cocktails. It's nothing. It's just botanicals. <laughs> it's botanicals. Yeah. And now everything, now it's probably legal anyway. But whatever. So, um, the response was amazing. That's why we decided to launch Owl's Brew ultimately. We um, exited our tea company, Brew Lab Tea. Um, in 2018, we sold it to a much bigger tea company. And it was honestly all those years, like it was our dream, all those years. Like we wanted people to be able to drink the way we knew it, we that they could drink. And so it was all the years of like hustle. And I don't know, I once found Maria brewing tea at Coachella using an oar instead of a spoon to stir. Yeah, like, I mean, we got scrappy. I mean, I don't know. She, she was like, oh, all the other chefs took the spoon. So I like grabbed an oar, but I cleaned it really well. I was like, what? I mean, we, that was for a thousand brewed, people that event. We brewed in our um, hotel room in Art Basel one time when they kicked us out of the kitchen. <laughs> Like, that was for a very fancy event. That was a, for a very fancy event. And yeah. they promised us like space in the kitchen to brew. And then of course, like the event got crazy. And they're like, you can't, you can't be in here. We're like, well, where do we go? We're like, <laughs> definitely just back to our hotel room. At the, it's like a really nice hotel. It's a bathtub gin. I, bathtub yeah, gin. I was going to say, thank, uh, yeah. thank goodness you have that um, resource so of, lot the of brewing in the bathroom already. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we don't brew owls, brew bathrooms, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> the response but we was were fresh great. brewing everything. Yeah, we were fresh brewing. We still fresh brew, just in we a much more elevated brew. way, much more commercial methodology. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I was going to say the response is always great, and you know, people were really excited that they could have like a beverage that they felt good about when they were drinking. And you know, I something that we talk about a lot is like, even for us, like the more you know, we started this because we, we really loved it. And like, we loved the way they taste. We loved the way they made us feel. We loved this whole idea. But then the more that we dug into the industry, like also the more shocking, I think it was for us, right? Like it was even kind of like what, what was in some of these products and what products are made with is wild. That's why we just partnered with Women's Voices for the Earth to actually shine a light. On the, yeah, but yeah, just like, I mean, and I'm sure you guys know, but like the lack of transparency in some of these ingredients, like natural flavors in particular is one that's just crazy and like made with chemicals, artificial, like artificial natural flavors are nutritionally the exact same thing, yeah. <laughs> which is just insane, right? The way that they're marketed and positioned and um, like the way that labeling allows you to hide ingredients and stuff like that. So, um well, because like the, or I think became, people don't always realize, right, is that yeah. alcohol is regulated by that, not regulated by the FDA. So you, anyway, there's so much opportunity to make great products, great ways, and you guys at Taproom have done such an amazing job identifying great products made great ways. So we're anyway, but we're yeah, really yeah. Bull bullish on on you, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's we we made it because we couldn't find it, and people yeah. liked it. Those are the reasons. If it was just because we couldn't find it. But people didn't like it. That would have been That's, stupid. It's incredible <laughs> that 
you were able to take something that was just a passion project of yours and then really find like another avenue where people just had this demand for it and then turn it into a totally new business and product that does show that transparency and um, kind of, I think, like shines that light on the health industry where you can't, you know, trust everything that you see just, you know, based on the, um, you know, what they're showcasing you. So I think that's amazing that, you know, you are kind of going to be one of those industry leaders um, for transparency and, you know, great products. So thanks. And what's crazy and it's been amazing is like, you know, how much the consumer is there now. Like when we started out 10 years ago, I remember, you know, being behind a booth at a trade show, just being like, it's made with whole ingredients. It's organic. Like it would take me 10 minutes. And like, of course, we're having a whole conversation, but we literally could just say, oh, it's a clean, completely clean, boozy beverage with tea and botanicals as base. And you'd be like, that sounds great. It used to be before it was like tea in a cocktail. What do you mean real ingredient? Like, like, you know, 10 minutes, like 10, 15 minutes to explain it. So, and we also see it in like velocity. We see it in the sales with, with you guys. We see it in sales with our other uh, retailers. It's like the consumer is finally there and we've spent so many years just like hustling and really believing in this. So it's amazing as entrepreneurs and founders that, cause you can't, you don't really have a business if you don't have a consumer. Right. So, you know, amazing um, that we're at this moment where people actually care about a brand like ours. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. I want to I want to get maybe even a little bit more into that, uh, into, you know, why tea is such a a game changing base for these uh, cocktails. Um, But uh, kind of like following the trajectory of the brand um, when you made the leap to Star Owls Brew. Uh, can you talk, maybe walk us through a little bit about that journey? Um, you know, you'd already had this brand, so it wasn't, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't say from the ground up, but what was it like building Owls Brew and like how has that journey sort of played out uh, to today? Yeah, I mean, but, it's been crazy. From, loaded, yeah, loaded question. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, very, yeah, lots of, lots to break apart there. Um, you know, I think one thing that's been interesting, I mean, Maria, can we can talk all day about production and how interesting that, that piece of it is. But one thing that really stuck out to us when we started, when we transitioned from being a tea company to an alcoholic company, um, uh, w- which is why we started on Wise Women Collective, was when we found ourselves suddenly selling beer. Maria and I, now granted the first year was was on, on Zoom, but and it, it isn't beer, it's in the beer category, but like we met so many, we, we like called the joking, we were like, this is the year of a thousand men. And we were like, wow, we've met so many men this year. And I kind of joked with my husband about that. And then I was like, wait, why have I met like a thousand men and, you know, 10 women this year? And of course we have a lot of ladies on this call, but when we started looking into the statistics in this industry, we realized that, you know, only 4% of women are in leadership positions. Only 4% of women make flavors. Like I, I make our flavors like a brewmaster does. And only 5% of set women are in sales, which means that in the U.S., 68% of men drink alcohol and 64% of women drink alcohol. But the liquor industry is 96% male mm-hmm. from the beginning to top to the bottom. And that actually really changed our strategy because we were like, we had just been focused on the brand, on the product. And all of a sudden we were like, wow, we're a minority. Like we, we actually are kind of responsible for that. Cause if we don't determine what that means to us to be such a minority, we're kind of 
that's kind of a fail on our part in terms of how we're thinking about this. And so we had to take a big step back just within a year of launching the brand and say, okay, well, we're a female founded brand in this crazy place where there aren't a lot of us. What does that mean to us? And we ended up deciding that promoting women's voices was super, super important to us. Um, that we had a role to play in this industry. We had a voice along with the clean stuff. And um, we started this group, Wise Women Collective. And we like, of course, we support Pink Boot Society whenever we can. But like, I don't know, we do all kinds of fun things. Like we, um, I was an English major. I was like in publishing before tea. And we have something called Boozy Book Club, where every month we just interview an awesome female author. So it's just a great way to celebrate women's voices and women coming together in like a low key way, but shine a light on some issues. And um, we also partnered up with this great charity, Women's Voices for the Earth, that supports clean um, clean products, but also women. So that that was a big curveball for us. We were like, wow, we have this entire other thing to grapple with that's super important, but that we hadn't, we just discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess to like quite literally answer your question about how did we transition? It's really hard. Is that not literal? Is that not literal? <laughs> well, that is more like, you know. You t- I, Sorry. I've been thinking a lot about why. I, we, have, we have a busy book club coming up this week. I may, yeah. Maybe I took it too. Sorry. It was worth no, talking no, about for sure. It's good. It's great. We're also, <laughs> one other thing while, while we're on Wise Women Collective that we have coming up um, is in October, we're doing a big program with Keep Abreast, which is a um, breast cancer awareness um, charity. They focus on like early detection and knowledge and just kind of like the whole idea of like knowledge is power. And um, they're really big on and that whole idea and like having like what your environment impacts and all that stuff. So we have a lot, a lot of stuff coming up with them as well. Um, making it literal, Maya. I am. I'm going, I'm, now I'm, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> back to the production side of things or the actual launching. Um, and I will say, launching a brand is probably like one of the uh, probably one of the hardest things we've ever done right like there's no roadmap especially when you're doing well there is a roadmap if you're like kind of rinse and repeating something that's already exists but when you're trying to do something like we have been for years and you know actually kind of change up the way that products are made like fresh brewed the tea and like when I say that we literally fresh brewed tea and like like you do at home in your kitchen, but like in gigantic bats, basically. And so actually finding a way to make that process happen and like essentially recreate what we were making in buckets in in a production facility was incredibly challenging. Um, and many, many partners, many conversations. Um, it was a real uphill battle. And it's still something that we, you know, it's like our the biggest thing that we deal with today. Um, it's so it's, important for taste, but also for health yeah, benefits for, to come through. Like it doesn't come through if you use a flavor and we're so bullish on having like, like a natural flavor. And so it's a quality thing for us. Um, it's so important that like yeah. our consumer is getting the right taste and also just like all the benefits from tea. So we're like, we're constantly fighting that fight still. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a constant, but I think that was that's really been like one of the the biggest challenges. And of course, it's, it's the industry itself is super complicated. It's like every state operates in its own world. Um, yes. And so I, I know I how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, three tier. You guys are three tier system is no joke. Your your own path in it. Yeah, it's no joke. Um, so I think those those type those things have probably been the biggest challenge for us. And um, as Jenny said, like I think the the consumer is finally kind of at a point where I feel like our biggest challenge isn't education it's like people get it it's really just for us now like building the brand and 
getting out there and like cutting through the noise and staying true to kind of our story and our roots and like why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so I, I think those are kind of all the things that, that we think about in addition to all the uh, charitable partnerships we're building. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you did start speaking about the Wise Women Collective and all these initiatives. Um, I do want to, um, a little bit later in the conversation, uh, definitely talk even more about that because I do think it's amazing that you hit the ground running with all of that at once. It wasn't, you know, a lot of companies are around for two decades and then they start to incorporate that because they're like, okay, like we're, you know, we know what we're doing over here now. So I think it's amazing that Alice Brew is like this full package um, where it's like, it's, it's about obviously the drink at hand, but it's also about the mission and, and, you know, who you are and this whole, whole sort of ethos. Um, so I think that's, that's really unique and amazing. Um, but to get into the drinks, like we're, we're saying here, um, uh, so you got into this a bit already, um, but can you maybe like get even deeper on like why, I guess until Owl's Brew, really, like it, it, within beverage alcohol, people just sort of have been accepting for so long that they're like, oh, okay, like natural flavors, like, sure. You know, and, and like, what, where do you think the disconnect is in consumer knowledge there? Like, what aren't, what have we not been like clued in on? What are we not getting? And like, you know, why is it so much better to be using tea as like this truly clean base? So I'll, so basically, um, the FDA defines natural flavors as anything that's made from the earth. And so what that means is a natural flavor can be like something made from bark or something made from a lemon, but a natural flavor can also be made from um, an animal because animals are from the earth as well, which is interesting because, you know, people, I feel like people like think. I used to think it was stupid. I would see like a like a beverage labeled vegan and I was like, what? Like, what is this marketing BS? Like, of course it's a vegan, it's a beverage. Like, why wouldn't a beverage be vegan? Natural flavors is why a beverage wouldn't be vegan. So I kind of thought it was marketing BS on the flip side. I was like, this is such bullshit, like, bull- like whatever. Like, of course it's vegan. Like, tell me something I don't know. But that that is what I didn't know. And so um Basically, so in addition to natural flavors being able to be made from anything, um, and one example of that, and, and Food Babe, um, if you guys follow her, has done a really good job covering this, but and she has this in her stories, but for instance, natural raspberry flavor, natural vanilla flavor in particular. So if you're like raspberry flavor tea with natural flavors are often made, and I'm sorry, this is going to be gross, but cannot, can be made from um, the anal glands of beavers or possums. So it's like super real. Wow. And like, yeah. And actually, you know, gross. And for anyone who's a vegan or vegetarian, like really upsetting when you realize that. Um, So that's like one is like a natural flavors can be made from anything from the earth. The second piece of it is that natural flavors are always altered, like they're modified. So like if you discover that you can make a raspberry flavor from, I don't know, a piece of lemon or from a beaver, you're still using about a hundred chemicals in a lab to make that happen. And it strips out the benefits. So by the time you have natural raspberry flavor versus just raspberry, you don't have any vitamin C. It's probably, it's not made from a raspberry or else you would just call it raspberry. And um, it has about a hundred chemicals added in or 50 or 60 or 70. So it's, it's, 
completely bogus and really messed up. And to answer your question, <clears throat> why? Um, mar- marketing. I mean, you can sell it for a couple of dollars more if it's a natural flavor. I mean, natural flavors. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't know any reason beyond marketing. That marketing and mass use. production. And, and Nat- well, I'm saying natural or artificial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only reason you would be using a natural flavor over an artificial flavor is because you can sell it for more. Interesting. It kind of sounds- naturally made or an organic natural flavor is actually much better. An organic natural flavor still has some of the problems, but it's less gross. But it's 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 just kind of BS. I mean, to be honest. And I I fought for it all the time. They taste a lot worse. So like, forget that. (laughs) What? I said they also taste a lot worse. Yeah, also taste a lot worse. <laughs> so, but I fall for it all the time as a mom. Like I'll like buy like for a kid's birthday party, I'll like buy a brand that I think is like really a good brand because it's positioned as a better brand. And then I'll look and it's like all natural flavors. And I've just been like upsold on natural. Like so I, I fall for it too. And it really, it kind of pisses me off because um, I, it's marketing. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, not all consumers are going to take the time I, I, I will say one other thing about that. It's yeah, also it's- not like like one other thing, sorry, is it's not anyone's – so like a lot of our, you know, peers use natural flavors. And I just want to say like that it's not – sometimes it's, it's almost never intentional. Like what happened when Maria and I wanted to make Owl's Brew was we were like, okay, we have this tea and we want to make Owl's Brew. And we spoke to like 10 industry experts and they were like, you need to go to a flavor house. And we were like – okay. And so we like got our butts over to a flavor house and we're like, here's like the tea that we want to make. And the flavor house was like, okay, we can take this. And here is this version. It's exactly like yours. And we made it with natural flavors and it's ready to go. And I was like, okay, A, it doesn't taste exactly like mine, but I don't understand. I I can make my tea and my tea tastes like my tea. Why, why would I use this thing that is supposed to be a a fake, a fake version of my tea that tastes like my tea when I can make, when I can make it. And they were like, well, that's the way it's done. And Maria and I, we'd been in the tea business for over a decade. So I really, we had sold a company. Like I knew I was able to be like, no flavor house. I know every single advisor, every single expert has told me this is the only way to make the product, but I reject that because I want to use fresh brew tea. And then we went to, we called 20 different co-packers. Hey, co-packer, we want to make this like spike sparkling tea. Okay, great. We're only going to work with flavors. What flavor house are you working with? 19 out of 20 said no. So if we hadn't already been in the beverage industry, if I hadn't spent like 10 years on premise, if I wasn't like, like, like every single person we spoke to pushed us so much in that direction that I don't even know that we would have known there was another option. Like, yeah, 100%. from big beverage, yeah. if we hadn't, if I hadn't been literally brewing tea for a decade. And so, so it's not like someone's, it's not like any, I think it's marketing maybe for big brands, but I think for smaller brands, it's just where the industry tells you to go. Sure. It's where they're pushed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the natural brew. It's just no kind of like, like the way sure, can you bring in some really done. annoying yeah. ingredient for me to brew and like, let's work through this process. They're like, bring me the flavor. And they're like, okay, that's how it's done. So I don't think it's like anyone's, it's not like there's a, brand that's at fault. We were pushed to do it in such a crazy way. And we just had confidence because we knew how we needed to make our product. 
on that note, on making your product, uh, I, I'd also like to maybe go even a little bit deeper on, in general, before we break it down into the specific varieties that Owl's Brew has currently, um, what can you share a little bit, pull back the curtain for people, um, so we know we have fresh brewed tea uh, on a large scale, obviously, um, what is actually providing the alcohol? And then because you have such beautiful flavor combinations, is that all from the tea? Are you adding fruit? Like, can you get a little bit into how the whole drink actually comes together? Sure. Yeah, Jen, you can go for that one, Jenny. Go ahead. Oh, Talk sure. about the tea, yeah. Um, yeah, so the tea. The tea blends. I do all the blending. Yeah in my kitchen. I mean, we have like a pretty janky R&D process in our office where we have like a bricks meter and a pH meter. And we do things like we have to like, to get the pH, we have to like swing a lasso over our heads to make the pH meter work. And we have all kinds of things, but um, it just, we have in our offices, it's like lemon verbena, green tea, rooibos, hibiscus. Um, I'm just doing all the R&D now for a, a holiday variety pack that we're working on. It's and it really just all starts starts in my kitchen and we scale it up from there. I mean, we go through rounds, people taste and test, and we have inputs along the way um, to develop the flavors. But it, it all starts with uh, just, you know, some water. Yeah, yeah water. And Jenny comes up with the, the tea bases and the tea blends themselves, like, we have all sorts, I mean, as you guys have seen, we have some that are like simpler and then some like that are um, like our, my favorite is jasmine and blueberry. And by the way, jasmine and blueberry lemon has, that was like an early flower blend that I worked yeah. on for um Like a flower power blend. Yeah. Yeah. It was called flower power back in the day, but that one it's called jasmine blueberry lemon, but it actually has hibiscus flowers and it has rose petals in it. It has chamomile flowers in it it's so good for your skin that entire blend yeah. so like green rooibos is one is the base yeah too. green yeah. rooibos so, which is um like nature's um it, like gatorade like it's like very hydrating um so it's that's I, I love that blend yeah so it sort of depends on so i guess in terms of the actual process so we start with jenny coming up with a tea blend um and then all of them have a little bit of juice so some have like a citrus juice or for blueberry for example <laughs> um and then some of them are sweetened with a little bit of cane sugar some of them have no sugar added at all um and the alcohol base that we use is a fermented sugar base that we um do a double filtration process so it ends up being like a really really clean um alcohol base oh interesting that's really cool i don't that think i've also heard gluten that. free yeah, I don't think yeah. I've heard, um, it's like during this process of doing this podcast, um, the whole reason Courtney and I started the concept was because there are so many drinks out there now that are, you don't know what the alcohol actually is that's in it. Like, I think people ask us that at least at Taproom all the time, like what is in the seltzer or what is in the hard kombucha? Um, but the, yeah, filtrated sugar, that's like, I don't think I've heard that one before. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, when it when it ferments, think about like how rum is made from yeah, right. sugar, right? So it like it ferments, and then you through that process you lose the actual sugar itself, but you end up with a very clean yeah, it's not sweet, um, no, alcoholic it's base, more like a yeah, vodka it's base. Like, yeah, it's not sweet. Very innovative. Yeah, and then we carbonate, <laughs> mm -hmm. and we brew it. Yeah. We we yeah, then we'll we, we, we brew everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brew it all. Um, are there any other, uh, so here's, I guess, here's the opportunity to kind of shine a spotlight on 
on any different varieties. You, you already started uh, talking about a couple there. Do you want to walk through any other sort of of your the Owl's Brew staples or just your favorites or ones that you're really excited about and maybe how that inspiration process came together, what the finished flavor and aroma profile is like, like, I guess just like brag about your Owl's Brew kids here. (laughs) We do have some new flavors launching in a new variety pack. So we'll have um, a variety pack that we're calling that is called happiest hour uh, to complement our party. Happiest hour. Um, That's launching. I want to say in June, July. Yeah. July July 1st. Yeah. July 1st. And so that will have a few of our new flavors in it. Um, one of them is a black tea pineapple flavor um, will be in that variety pack. And we worked pretty hard on that one. And then, Marie, what was the other one that was? Green tea and peach. Oh, green tea peach. Yeah. That sounds like the um, perfect summer. It is yes. the yeah. perfect summer sipper, if you will. It's so delicious. It's like uh, the combination of green tea and peach is awesome. And it's like just a little bit of sweetness from the peach. It's so good. One of my favorites. And yeah, the green tea peach is yeah. like, like I've been messing around with green tea, um, green tea, peach and ginger. Actually, this one doesn't have ginger, but for it's like, I, I love that combination. So maybe a few that was like one of our OG, if you will, cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. So that's coming out. Um, and then let's see. Um, we have our white tea watermelon actually launching for this summer in a larger size in a 19.2 ounce size, um, which would be good. We're launching at a few, um, venues this summer. So it was really created for the venues for, uh, amphitheaters concerts, but it'll be available in some markets too. Nice. They'll be good to see that, um, around like the concert scene now too. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Um, we're excited. <laughs> we can't wait to see it. It's really I, so exciting. Like see something yeah. come off a line. Yeah. Also, it's like exactly what I want at a concert, personally. So I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Instead of a 20 ounce Bud Light. I'm always, so. Yeah, exactly. I'm always <laughs> so confused about what to order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like so we're, really, yeah, we're, it, it like it fits a very like there's nothing else like it, right? Like it's got it's got so much more flavor than. I mean, no shade to hard seltzer or anything, but like there's just so much more complexity going on and yet it's still so incredibly refreshing and easy drinking. So I feel like it really, it's like corners its own special market, right? Where it's really perfect in any occasion. Thank you so much. I worked so hard to do that. So thank you. I'm really glad you came that way. That's like the dream. We're going to use you as a quote. Yeah, I I mean, we were the conversations we have about, you know, just nailing flavors. And of course it's, it's, it's me, but we, we, I don't know. That's awesome. Thank you. What's, what's really interesting too, is that I feel like you're, you already have these incredible flavor combinations, but we've, we've gotten from your team in the past on the blog, people can search for them. um, Amazing cocktails. So I feel like you can even build like the possibilities are endless. You can take an owl's brew tea, which is already like good to go. You do not need to do anything to it. But then if you wanted to just, you know, have fun and experiment and get creative, like you all have also come up with some pretty fun cocktail ideas with them as the base. A hundred percent. And I think that's something where like all the stuff you described, um, you know, the nuance. So when we talk about Jasmine, blueberry, lemon, or, you know, 
when you actually think about all the other flavors that are in there, the other ingredients, that's where, you know, as opposed to, again, and I agree, no shade and seltzer, but where through the tea and botanicals, you can add nuances that speak to liquor. And that, for Mm. me, like that was, when I came up on premise, that was really, I was always collaborating with bartenders and mixologists and beverage uh, directors to make tea cocktails as well. And so a hundred percent, these are meant to be like refreshing and crushable. That's the word that we use. But, um, but they're also honestly, like we, I meet with mixologists all the time. They're always messing around with gin and tequila. And, and because of the good ingredients we use, they can lend themselves to cocktails. So yes, yes. Big yes on cocktails. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Awesome. All right. Well, I did. So I, as we talked about before, I want to get back to, you know, you were talking about the Wise Women Collective and the book club. Um, is there anything else in particular? I mean, I feel like when you go on the Alsbury website, there, there's a lot of great info there about specific, you know, events and things that are going on within. Is there anything else there that you want to talk about? Any exciting partnerships or, or things that are coming up that you're working on uh, sort of under that umbrella? Um, I'm trying to think, I feel like we covered a lot of the, um, <laughs> the new and noteworthy ones um, <laughs> next for the book club. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. Our next um, book is yeah. called the lifeguards. Um, and it's by Amanda Ward air. Uh, yeah. I word. Yeah. Or air word. Yeah. Is it air um, word? Amanda it air is- word or Amanda Ward air. Um, it's, it's really good. Highly recommend. It's like a beach read met like Dateline or something. <laughs> Beach read page turner. So we're interviewing turner, her yeah. when this week. Um, on Thursday. So we're interviewing her this week. Um, yeah. And that will stay live on our Instagram. Yeah. We keep busy book club in our stories. Um, yeah. And then we're, I mean, we have some fun stuff coming up. We're, we're going to be at a f- few events. A lot of big summer events coming up. Um, I feel like we're just gearing up for kind of that fun fun, good, clean, fun in the sun <laughs> season. So a lot, like, yeah, tons of events. Um, stay tuned on our Instagram for, for some fun giveaways. Um, and then the happiest hours are big summer launch. So um, keep your eye out for that. And maybe we can do something with you guys. Yeah. Highly anticipated. I'm sure we'll do some type of giveaway when that comes yeah, out. So yeah. We would love that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Happiest Perfect. hour pack um, and the beach yeah. book together. That's that's your vacation yeah. right there. Yeah. I want that. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. It's We're got like all. good like sunset vibes too, like sunset cocktail, beach, everything. Wow. I just, it's, a, it's a summer mood. Yeah, all of these yeah, all of these like images are just coming in. <sighs> yes, we're excited about that. And yeah, and the women's voices for the earth, we actually have an Instagram live coming up with them too, but that was a charity that we were really excited to partner up with because because of Wise Women Collective and their entire mission is about making the world less toxic. They partner with a lot of clean beauty brands or clean cleaning brands. Yeah, this but this idea of like clean, focusing on clean ingredients and focusing on women's issues and impact combined um, was we were like, we can get behind that. That literally stands yeah. for everything that we stand for. So we'll be chatting with them um, later this week about Earth Day um, and kind of announcing the partnership. But that was that's a partnership we're excited about. And like that opportunity to support them is very cool for a brand like us. Yeah, it sounds perfectly aligned. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're great. 
Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be linking uh, to everything in, in the blog post so people can easily find out all this information um, and, and sort and watch all these great Instagram lives and, and everything. So much going on. Um, but I guess I just want to end, you know, you've talked about what's coming up uh, for this summer, but thinking a little bit more, just, uh, I guess, just, you know, sort of Owl's Brew grand dreams, goals, just like the mission as it continues to uh, evolve. Um, what are what are you thinking the future holds for Owl's Brew? What's, what's on the horizon? You know, what, how will the brand continue to play out over the coming years? Wow, big question. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Maria, do you want to run? Yeah, I mean, I think everything that we'll continue to do is really around our platform of Drinkwise. So I, I, we have some really fun plans coming for, for 2023 in the immediate future. But our, our everything we're going to do is going to ladder up to our mission of Drinking Wise and this idea that you can celebrate and have a good time and not worry about what else you're putting into your body while, while you're doing that. Um, and I think kind of on top of that, I mean, Jenny and I just want to build a brand. We want more people to try it. We hope that people love it. We hope that they have a similar experience to you. Um, and we hope that we can kind of continue to innovate and come up with really delicious things for people to celebrate with. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your eyes tuned. Yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's some good stuff coming. <laughs> we're, we're excited. We have a good plan. Outside of everything we already told Yeah. We have a little, little continue. It's all good. Continue. It's all great. Yeah. So long as I have a kitchen and Maria has a website, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> the, business, the magic of business. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I think we're, we're all very excited to see what keeps coming from Owl's Brew. Um, we love the brand. I, you know, I know anyone listening loves the brand or if they're finding the brand now, like they're, I'm almost jealous they get to experience it again for the first time. Uh, so thank you so, so much for coming on and, and walking us through the drinks, your story. We really appreciate it. It was a great chat. Yeah, it was so great. No. Thank you guys oh, thank you so, so much. much for having us on. It was so much fun to connect with you. With yeah, you great to with you both. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Cheers. 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 <laughs>you so much again to jenny and maria and thank you all for listening head to taproom to try owl's boozy teas for yourself and let us know what you thought of this episode find taproom on instagram and twitter at taproom beer and tell us if you have any burning questions about beer styles hard seltzer techniques and more we just might do an episode of wtf am i drinking about it